Hi there, Daryl Tuttle here. We have a lot to talk about today. Number one, do you own a timeshare? Want to know what it is? How to get rid of it? How to transfer it as part of your estate? I'll answer that question in today's episode. I will also dive deeper into trust law. We will talk about what a trust is, the job descriptions, trust or trustee beneficiaries involved with a trust. We will also talk about the advantages and disadvantages of a trust. And I will answer a very common question, should I choose a professional trustee or should I choose a family member to be responsible for administering my family trust? I have a lot to talk about. Let's get started. Welcome, Boomexers. Let's throw out the old playbook. It's time to tear down the traditional way of looking at your life and money. And leverage the laws of money to our advantage. That's right. There are laws of money. And those who learn and leverage the laws of money win. And sometimes win big. Stay tuned as asset protection attorney Daryl Tuttle, educator and leader of the BoomX Nation, shows us how. Beginners, investors, entrepreneurs, fellow attorneys, are you ready? Are you ready? Let's arm this bomb. Now. Here's the Boom X Show. The Laws of Money. Greeting, members of the Boom X Nation. My name is Daryl Tuttle, host of the Boom X Show. If you did not know, Boom X refers to two different generations, the baby boom generation and the X generation, also known as X Gen. I myself have one foot in each of these generations, having been born in 1964, which many consider the border of both generations. But as an asset protection attorney, I have helped countless clients and their families, members of the baby boom generation, do great things with their wealth. We are here to pass that knowledge on to you, regardless of the generation from which you come. Let's start with an important free resource. We are experiencing the longest bull market in history. Is it over or is it just beginning? Do you feel like you are missing out because you don't know or even care to dive into the details of the financial markets? If so, wouldn't it be helpful to find a trusted advisor to guide you and help you build true family wealth? Finding a financial advisor is difficult. That is why so few have help managing their wealth. If you are a Boomix listener, you know I am skeptical about the financial services industry. That's why I'm excited to direct your attention to Shane Kloniger. Shane is the only advisor I currently refer clients to. Shane has decades of experience in help his clients build, grow, and protect their family's wealth. He's highly skilled and understands tax harvesting, a necessary skill in these tax-obsessed times. More importantly, Shane does not say no to people who are not rich enough, and he does not charge excessive fees. Common so common in the financial world. Shane is the founding and managing partner of SC Financial Group. I have allowed Shane to sponsor the Boomex show because I believe in him and his services. As part of his sponsorship, he has offered a free financial plan to Boomexers. Astounding, I know. Click the link below, fill out a simple form, and Shane will send you a free plan that maps out your retirement cash flow. This will help you understand your money and give you a clear path 
towards a secure retirement and family wealth that will last generations. Click the link below and receive your free BoomX retirement plan from Shane Kloniger now. Like if you think about just like the concept of asset protection, you can move assets without a trust. Like you can transfer title to it, to an, an asset just outright. Like I can say, I have this thing. I want to give it to Susan here, Susan, and I can execute an agreement. I can give you a receipt and a, we can sign a, a contract. Like you're going to buy this from me, purchase and sell agreement. And maybe it's some kind of installment agreement. Like I'm going to sell my boat and you're going to make payments, or maybe I'm going to buy all of your supply of widgets that you can manufacture. You can even have promissory notes between family members. Now in contract, your damages are limited to, you got to sue for breach. There's formulas about what you can recover in damages. And the guy can just file for bankruptcy, right? Like that's what sucks is if it's big enough, it doesn't matter if you have a judgment or not. If they file for bankruptcy, your judgment's discharged. There's no remedy. In trust law, if, if somebody takes that trust assets and makes a transaction or a transfer that violates the trust, the law says that a constructive trust has been created between the grantor or the person entitled to the asset and the recipient. So if the trustee did something bad, which I've seen happen, did something bad and transferred assets, like took them himself, took money out of the, the trust himself and bought something or then transferred it to a third party. The trust says that third party is holding the assets for the benefit of the grantor. And it's not a breach of contract. You cannot discharge that. Wherever those assets go can be brought back into the trust because the court says you just extended the trust arrangement to a third party. doesn't matter. It's still a trust asset and the court can pull it back, which is a protection you can't get any other way. That's one reason why it's powerful. Like a story I read on, on the internet yesterday, and it wasn't quite that, but it was a inheritance thing where the mom was, what do you call it, the person who was supposed to administer the estate the and was spending all the money at that. And the daughter was uh, supposed to get some of the money, but the mom was blowing all the money. But that didn't work. It was working. And the advice was, you better stop it. <laughs> or oh, it's all gone. Yeah, but, but I don't know if you could claw it back if it's spent it on some service or a trip or something. Or yeah, heck yeah, she's breached her fiduciary duty. Yeah, they do it all the time. They they think they're entitled to the money somehow. That's the thing too. If you choose family members to be the trustee or the personal representative, you're asking for it <laughs> because they just have. Sometimes they have ended up in court litigating. This is public record, but brother was stealing money from the trust for his disabled sister, <laughs> a special needs trust. Like you're stealing money from your disabled sister in the trust. Are you insane? <laughs> but they had to get a lawyer, me to, and I racked up tens of thousands of dollars in attorney's fees because the other side fought it tooth and nail. And I'm like, how expensive is it to have 
a personal representative that is not your relative. A lot cheaper than losing it because a family member trustee went to Hawaii. We're looking at a trust company now that only charges 55 basis points, 55 bips, so half of 1%. To be a personal representative, not the trustee, the personal representative. Oh, yeah, they won't do that. Chris Neal's outfit will do that. He, I went to law school with Chris, and he just bills by the hour. I mean, some probates require hardly any work at all. If it's a complex thing. You said something about Hawaii. What happens if you have a timeshare? I hate timeshares. Why do you have a timeshare? I don't know, but it's in Kauai. And you were drinking Mai Tais and you're walking through the hotel lobby and there was a person that said, hey, come over and <laughs> come to my kiosk and look at here's another drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it only costs us 2,500 bucks. And it's the best rated, one of the best on Hawaii. So yeah. we feel good about that. But that's not the question. The question is, what happens? What I know happens what? If, you, if you die, where's the timeshare fit in? It's not real estate. <laughs> so do you, is it tangible property? It, you know what I mean? Where yeah. does that fit in um, on the will? Here's my experience with timeshares. Every single time I've had a client with a timeshare, that question has come up. And when it came time to deal with the asset in the estate to really figure out how it was going to transfer, every single client I've ever had said, I, I don't want to worry about because I'm going to get rid of it. Every single one. Like, mm -hmm. I've never had a client, when it came down to it, intended to keep it. Forever. I don't know. You're right. You, you're right. That would be correct. Unless you died unexpectedly, which you can, well, yeah. then what happened? It's probably a timeshare is a contract. And the people who draft the contracts um, are big firm lawyers that represent and advocate zealously for the timeshare. And so they've put all these provisions inside of the contract that govern how the timeshare will transfer. Now, can it be assigned to a third party? Can it be passed at the event of death to the kids? When the kids inherit it, do they still own it? And what the timeshare companies try to do is put unfavorable language inside of the contract to the customer that they try to bind it because they know it's a bad deal. They know that, look, we have this real estate and we have to make money on it because whatever our development, timeshare companies didn't start out, the real estate guys didn't start out thinking, oh, we'll do timeshares. They right. built a resort. They weren't making money on the resort like they wanted to. So then they come up with this scheme. How can we divide this up so we can have our occupancy rate paying, even if our occupancy rate is low and unprofitable, we still will make money because we sold the time ahead of time. And they know damn well that people aren't going to actually use their, their time. Do you use your timeshare every year? Not every year. Yeah. See, there you go. That's why they do it. And so they have drafted a contract that they have you sign that is completely unfavorable to you. Now, as it stands, um, as it so happens, unilateral contracts are disfavored by the law. A unilateral contract is exactly that. It's complicated contract that's several pages long that one party drafted, and it's a take it or leave it contract. Like, here's the timeshare. You can't negotiate terms. You can't 
say, I don't like paragraph three, this is the language I want, take it or leave it. Well, when it comes time to go to court over it, a defense to it is judge, this contract is unenforceable because it was unilateral. The law hates unilateral contracts. I myself, I have not been able to have a court rule that an entire contract was unenforceable, but on two different cases, I've had the court strike paragraphs. It's just bullshit, just like unilateral boilerplate, take it or leave it, completely one-sided, especially if they think the court case law talks about the sophistication of the non-drafting party. That's almost exact words. So if you have a little old lady who bought a timeshare, then the courts are like, come on, she, what are you guys doing? Now, what is it? One, two, exit timeshare. There's a company that gets people out of timeshares. Mm -hmm. I forgot what they're called. There's probably more than one. Yeah, there's probably more than one. But for the most part, it's just a contract. And yet contract rights can transfer. Like you have it, it has value. It has economic value, 2,500 bucks or what, whatever it is, it's part of your estate. If the contract allows for transfer, which I'm sure it does because they, they want to have somebody on the hook. They don't want to have to resell it. You can donate it too. I've thought about donating it. Yeah. That way, I don't get at, they use it. I don't know how they use them when you donate But it. what? I'm like, okay, Humane Society. Oh, good. We just... Got a donation of a timeshare. <laughs> no, no, there's a poodle. To... <laughs> no, there's a certain company that I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, I had a, a timeshare and I, I had to pay somebody like $500 to get you rid of it. it. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was a big mistake because we bought a uh, timeshare at a golf resort and I don't golf. And <laughs> <laughs> so I never went there other than the, the initial visit. We just traded and went to other places, but. See, that's the thing. We don't use it every year, but the years we don't use it, we bank it. And when you bank it, you get a bonus week. So then the next year, you take the whole family for a week yeah. and you got uh, three units. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so it, we go like every other, every three. Last year we went, we're going again this year. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you, you have a good timeshare that people want. I, I, yeah. I don't think a lot of people wanted to go to my timeshare in Florida. It's in Princeville on Kauai, so it's a good one. Like Disney, I, I assume Disney has, they have a timeshare program for, because they have a lot of properties, especially in Disney World. And of course the cruises and all that. And I'm like, I can't imagine Disney's doing shady stuff. I've never heard anybody complain about a Disney timeshare, but my clients hate them. Like I haven't met one that doesn't want to get rid of it. It's like a divorce attorney and drug addicts. I've never met a drug addict or a divorce attorney who wasn't trying to quit. <laughs> and timeshare owners, like they just want to get rid of it. Hey, Boomexers. Have you heard about the new Boomex Academy? This online academy offers courses that are taught by Daryl Tuttle, host of the Boomex Show, and other educators. Many courses include a digital lesson book, video presentations, and illustrations to help you plan and live a successful retirement. Welcome back to the Boom X Show, Laws of Money podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Tuttle. Have you already earned your money? You've already learned how to save and budget and set financial goals. But in the back of your mind, you're wondering, is there something else I should be doing? The answer is yes, there is. But where do you go to get the right answer without paying a lot of money to people who speak money management mumbo-jumbo or, worst of all, legalese by attorney? 
I am one. I can say that. But I've got good news. The Boomix Academy is now open for enrollment. We take anyone of any experience level who has a willingness to learn about wealth, about the laws of money, about asset protection and legacy. Legacy to hold and protect money for generations, not just one lifetime. We'll even take lawyers. <laughs> so, you gotta laugh. To learn more, go to boomxacademy.com. Welcome back. I just wanted to remind everyone who's listening to this episode that at the Boomx Academy, one of the uh, important features of being a family leader, that membership le level, is that there are weekly office hours. Attendees are taking online courses to learn how to put together asset protection plans and drafting with a drafting app all the legal documents that they need in order to successfully execute that plan and protect their family's wealth. It is not just estate planning, it is also asset protection planning with powers of attorney, irrevocable trust, testamentary uh, spousal protection trust, the, the whole gamut of legal documents that I have um, utilized in my, my law practice for 26 years are available through the drafting app on the Boomex Academy. Office hours are um, Q&A. It's just every um, Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, I appear on a Zoom meeting with anybody that wants to attend and ask any questions. And it's great because we have um, get to know each other and the attendees are asking good, great, amazing questions, things that you probably have not thought of. And so when you listen to this episode and the future episodes, realize these are not my clients. This is not attorney-client relationship. These are people who are agreeing in an educational environment, a classroom environment, that we're just going to be open and have a conversation about trust services, about long-term care planning, how to uh, even draft provisions within a spousal protection trust. And, you know, the, it, all questions are fair and open. And I think you'll find that when you listen to the conversation, you know, th these are people who are getting to know each other and supporting each other and having a good time. So let's, um, with that disclaimer aside, <laughs> so, so people don't think that I'm violating attorney-client relationship, that is not the case. Uh, let's listen in and rejoin the conversation. Okay. I'm going to have, um, probably going to have the, the drafting app now has an upgraded work product for taxable estates. I haven't quite finished the new work product on non-taxables. So, so that affects you, Susan. I'll probably have it done in the next week or two so you can rerun your last will and testament. Okay. I think you'll like the new version a lot better. It's just going to be a lot easier. Like you've spent a lot of time understanding the provisions, but your kids are going to have to pick up the file one day. And so the new version, I think will be, it's just a lot easier to follow. I have and to figure out a verbiage for Shane because I want him to pick the trustee. Who knows if he'll even be around. You know what I'm saying? It's a hard thing to put yeah. in your will. So I, I was talking to him last night about it. Oh, you and, were? Yeah. And so we got our, a couple things to consider 
how that Burbridge would be, which you'll, I'll probably need to talk to you or him or something together. Well. Or he may already know and just say, okay, here's what you say. But We've been kicking the tires on some trust companies. And, and there's, I, I'm saying Oklahoma because the trust company I like is headquartered in Oklahoma, but they have trust offices in Texas and Missouri and Kansas. And, and so it, the best, like it's better just to pick one rather than say, I want Shane to pick one. Because you're exactly right. He may be dead or retired or both, but it's your money. So you want to feel good about well, that. Well, yeah, I could do that, but I didn't know if he was ready to be sense. I don't know. Yeah, you guys he's all talking your, words that I don't understand. He's going to be the relationship. Like uh, when you work with Shane, it's white glove concierge because he's running the investments and he's giving you access to an extremely good but cheap trust services that you can't get on your own and so when there's a question you're not really you're not going to the trust department really you're going to shane because he's your guy and but shane has to have a business owner succession plan now he's got bob who's i like quite a bit and he's aware of bringing up young advisors that he trains it's like law firms if i come up with a business owner succession plan that's better for me because then a younger lawyer can like all, all, apparently clients like me because they get really anxious about me retiring or dying. I can't go on forever. Right. Um, and I don't have the energy to find a younger version of me. <laughs> so I'm like, well, but. I'll need to find out from Shane. See, because we were talking about the whole, if you, uh, I don't remember what he called it. Let me see if I wrote it down. Directed trust. Yes. See what I'm talking about? Okay. I, I do. He, he, a directed trust is trust administration lingo. It's like revocable and irrevocable is lawyer classifications of trust. A directed trust has no meaning legally, but what it refers to is when the trustee is not taking any responsibility for, there's two ways you could do it. One way would be Shane is completely responsible alone for managing the assets in the trust. And the trustee is only doing administration. And so they're not doing their expensive reg nine review IPS. Right. That's what he said. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you, if you wanted to, you could say the trustee has oversight and they will have an IP investment policy statement that Shane must conform to. So what's Shane called in that situation? He's just a, he's like the investment advisor to the trust. So he's, so, he's making yeah. the decisions about the portfolio. So the thought is why have this trust company investing your money when you, they already know your <clears throat> investment strategy all these years, like Shane? And why pay them, like you said, to do all these fancy things that don't really need. The, the thing about money, though, is it's tempting. It's, lure, it's luring, like uh, just in terms of like family members. And if you had family wealth that you wanted to last more than one generation, then what kind of governance, like what kind of decision-making 
model do you have to make sure that the investment policy statement, which is created by the grantor, the trust maker, isn't being violated? Karen is a lot more conservative than you are. And I can tell you right now, Karen is not going to allow anybody to use cryptocurrency. No one's investing in that in her trust ever, right? Now, if it's a directed trust or if you have your kids running it, there's absolutely no safeguard. She can't control that. Whereas with like a, a trust with a professional trust company that has to comply with the trust company regulations of the banking industry. Now, granted, you're paying for that regulatory oversight, but they have internal audits and they have external audits that come in and say, look, here's the trust instrument. If they find a cryptocurrency in Karen's trust, heads are going to, and so they're going to make sure that the little money making, the rules that we came up with while the grantor, the trust maker was alive, those rules are still in place and they're being followed. Like we've created the swim lane and nobody's going to go outside of the swim lane. Whereas with a family member, man, it's sometimes it's like the wild west. Can so you tell that? Uh, it depends on how you structure it, but the, tr the trust, the investment advisor is the guy who is Shane. He's an investment advisor. And so he, in a directed trust, the trust company is saying, look, you pick Shane's the guy, we're going to go with Shane. He's going to run the investments. We, you're not doing it because you're dead. So the person that used to own the assets is now deceased. So who's making buying and selling and trading decisions for the investments? Now, when you're alive, Shane cannot buy, sell, and trade anything without your permission. He could if you wanted him to, but most people say, look, okay, let's do a suitability questionnaire. Let's come up with a profile. Let's come up with a proposed portfolio. Do you like it? We can adjust it this way. We can make it more tax efficient. We can eliminate options and pork bellies and ETFs or whatever your preferences are. Some people like to invest socially in a socially conscious way. And so they will prohibit the buying and selling and trading of tobacco or alcohol or whatever. But then he'll come to you and say, look, what do you think? And then you'll say, yeah, I like that. And you say, do I have permission to execute trade? You have to like basically sign something that's like a trade order. And then he'll go out and take your cash from a bank account and he'll buy those mutual funds to construct a portfolio. If you're deceased, who's doing that? There's only three the trust maker's dead, so there's the trustee, and the beneficiaries have no control over the money. They don't get to tell anybody how the um, assets should be managed. That's the point. The trustee is the owner. Now, the trustee can delegate that and say, look, we're, we're going to have you have absolute discretion on meeting the, the IPS of the trust and buying and selling you don't need to check with us every time you want to make an adjustment. That's one way. Another way is the trustee is responsible for the way in which the assets are managed, the type of assets. And I, I personally believe that's a, a safer way to go because you're working with Shane, but the trustee is on the hook for, for it. And so you just have that extra layer of protection. Now, some people don't like it because they don't like paying the trustee fee, penny wise and the pound foolish sort of thing. It's funny because in a recent conversation, I've had in my career, family members chosen 
who, upon investigating, once we got into it, the family member has bipolar disorder. This is the person you're choosing to run a trust after you're dead for your other kids. That doesn't sound right. It's not that people with bipolar can't function, but sometimes they can't, <laughs> right? I don't know. Well, if there's a trust, how is a relative running the trust? I thought that it had to be the trustee. Can a relative well, be the well, trustee? No, because I'm confused. It's taken me what, four or five months to convince you not to use your daughter. <laughs> I know. No, I know that, but that's not the question. The way you said that. No, I just um, meant trustee is a job. So there's the trustor, trust maker, there's the grantor, same thing, the per mm -hmm. person that owned the asset. Then there's the trustee. That's the person running the trust, trustee. And it can be anyone over the age of 18 not convicted of a felony. It can be a business owned by lawyers, or it could be a professional trust company that's regulated by the banking industry. Now, of the three, we have been talking about family members as the trustee or a professional trust company. The advantage of family members is they're cheap. They work for free or they work for, right? The so they do all, all your investing and- Yes. Oh. The disadvantage is they don't know what they're doing. They have no experience. Um, they don't have time because they, they're running their lives. Like I've had clients, they choose the daughter the oldest daughter because she's the oldest daughter and lives closer. Wow, what? That's you want to? Is that how you would hire somebody at a bank? She's just like, oh, she's old and she lives near me. But they don't know how to do a ten forty one tax return for a trust. And so, so can your daughter? I know I probably asked you this a hundred times. Be the personal representative, but not the yes. trustee. Yeah. Personal representative just walks it through the probate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Son or daughter, that's a great choice for a personal representative. Because they so, don't really have that much authority only to do what your will says and good. create the trust. <laughs> that, that's yeah. good. They, they rep, okay, look, when the asset owner dies, the assets have no owner. The, the, that word estate is a legal construct that's created when an asset owner dies. An estate is a legal holding pen for the assets of the now deceased owner. And, but there has to be a human being that represents the estate to the court, to the judge, to the world. You can't just have a legal construct, you gotta have somebody in charge. And so a personal representative is a person that represents the estate, personal representative. The, the medieval word is executor if you're male, executrix if you're female, but, it doesn't really have any meaning. Personal representative is opens the probate, petitions the court to admit the will, gets letters testamentary, takes the letters testamentary to Bank of America to the Schwab accounts, sets up the estate. Once the letters testamentary are presented, then the financial institution goes, oh, okay, so you're the personal representative. What would you like? I want you to set up an estate account. So estate of Daryl Tuttle, account number, blah, blah, blah. And then- if so Go ahead. But, no, go ahead. So if you're still married and one of you dies, that's where the, your spouse is not your personal representative. A spouse can be a personal representative. However, not if 
the will establishes a, a trust under 42 USC for his or her benefit. Right. There, and there's that's no what we, prohibition yeah. in probate law. That, there's no rule in probate law that says the spouse cannot, surviving spouse cannot be the personal representative. It's in federal law, in some case law, when we're creating a spousal protection trust, because if the personal representative is the spouse, she's exercising too much control over those assets. And that concludes this episode of the Boomek Show Laws of Money podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Tuttle. As a reminder, you can go to boomexacademy.com. Membership is absolutely free. And best of all, you can enroll in the Boom X Show Companion Court. That's all for now. Until next time, remember, yes, you can learn and leverage the laws of money to your advantage.